Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news meshed together in new ways, which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be discussing healthcare conferences, a topic that has proven to be very popular on the Healthcare IT Today website. People are always asking us what conferences we like, why we go, you know, why do we go to so many, how do you get the most out of them as a health IT professional. And today's episode is sponsored by Exhibitus. So learn more about them at exhibitus.com. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 13 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. Yeah, so we're talking conferences. Uh, how many conferences have you been to, Colin? You know, I, I, I get this asked the most, uh, how many conferences we go to in a year. And I have to say, when I counted last year, I think I went to about 38 conferences some of them were local and you know some of them were just a day or so but but yeah I think I went to 38 of them last year so it's a, it's a lot yeah I think I've averaged 20 to 30 a year so I think I'm around 200 to 300 total which is shocking to think about it's crazy <laughs> I believe it or not you know I used to go more when I was with uh, a vendor because we would go to the shows and actually man the booths and things and sure. when you're a small company a lot of times you have to just go and do it and uh but uh, yeah, thanks so. so you are so, a booth babe, is what you said. Oh, wow. Pretty okay. much, I was. A, yeah, I wasn't very effective <laughs> at it. Really, but it was. On the booth, babe. <laughs> I've only been a booth babe once, but uh, it didn't it's... work at all. I wasn't much yeah. of a babe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, those are the days. But hey, listen, this is a great topic. I'm, you know, it's going to be a fun discussion. Healthcare conferences is definitely on the top of minds of everyone as we certainly as we head into the the two seasons of fall and spring where the conferences happen. Uh, but John, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about the kind of people that go to conferences, especially around uh, healthcare IT. I mean, for me, I love going to these conferences and mixing and mingling with people because I find them, I find that's actually the most interesting part. And uh, certainly there are a lot of CMIOs and CIOs that go to these uh, healthcare conferences. But really, it's the tier below. I think it's it's the directors and the managers. Those are the people I bump into the most on the trade show floors and in the sessions. And you can just see them. They're sitting at the edge of their seat. They're listening to the, the speakers, and they're really soaking it all in. Uh, so I find that those are the kinds of people that I see most at conferences. What about, what about you? Yeah, so I would actually say that I think there's two types of conferences. There's the pure educational, and often they're tied to some sort of certification or some sort of training that you need. And when it's that, the sessions are really impactful because the people are just going there to learn. They want to be sponges. They want to soak up whatever the, the sessions are training them. You know, Usually they're more of a trainer format. Often they have fewer speakers. So those ones, they really are going for that educational aspect, and there's not as much engagement. They're kind of going to a class, and maybe they make a friend or two, and that's fine. So that's kind of the training conference, if you will. The second type of conference that I think is actually more common in health IT for good or bad, but uh, that's the one where 
people want to come together and they want to meet a bunch of connections sure they'll learn some along the way and they'll have some great educational sessions they'll have some fun at the social events but the biggest value that they receive and this is what everyone says across uh, you know every platform is the most valuable thing at conferences is the engagement with the attendees so what's shocking is when a conference creates a culture where there's not a lot of engagement between attendees and so they, they think that somehow the educational sessions and the, you know, maybe they are amazing speakers and there's some learning, but, you know, and that's great. But, you know, there's something to say about a conference that really cultivates a community of people that are able to connect and share and collaborate. And so I, I guess there's, to me, there's those two types of conferences. And then if we look at just the engagement conference, if you will, if the community conferences that bring together peers, I think the key there is, okay, how do they facilitate interaction engagement by attendees? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, if I was a, a manager or, uh, you know, a CIO or somebody, you know, it's a great way to look at a conference and say, look, is there certification offered? Is there a lot of, uh, you know, is there some sort of test that people can take? Because then you'll know, yes, it's definitely going to be more on the educational side. Um, but yeah, I, you know, just having gone to so many, the things I do look for are like, what are the social events that are happening? Are they organized by vendors or are they organized by the by the conference itself? Uh, how much time is allotted for, you know, just time between sessions or times, you know, breaks and lunches and those kinds of things? How long are they? And, uh, because those are, are some of the most valuable connection time that you can have at conferences. And when they fill those uh, times with more sessions, you know that then, oh, it's really more of an educational conference, not really a networking, pure uh, meeting type, type of conference. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's interesting if you look at the food as an example, right? Uh, how they handle food describes a lot about the culture of that conference because breaking bread with someone, you create a bond that's unique. And so if you have that opportunity, that creates an opportunity to connect and engage with people that you wouldn't have otherwise. Because it turns out that sitting next to each other at a conference is not a great way to engage each other. And that's particularly true if they use rounds. Rounds are the enemy to engagement. <laughs> so you know, anyone that's a conference organizer, which I guess you know, I'm a little too much of a conference organizer now, but you know, to me, you know, that you know, at least if we're Sitting in theater or even classroom, we're sitting next to each other, we can engage more. Uh, so I think that's good. You know, the other thing I was thinking about was just the uh, type of conference depends on the culture of the organization and the type of people attending. So I've often said this about the MGMA conference. Many of those people are doing the hard labor, <laughs> if you will, of running a practice, of ensuring that the practice is successful, if, of making sure they qualify for MIPS and MACRA, meaningful use before that, and, all, and HIPAA compliance and all those things. And so they're the ones doing the work. And so it makes sense why at MGMA, the sessions are just packed with people and the exhibit hall is a little less uh, exciting or at least it, it, it's packed at certain times outside of the sessions and so they need to have the dedicated exhibit time outside of the sessions where the attendees will come to it whereas at say the hymns conference or even the chime conference which has a lot of cios a lot of the executives 
they're less interested in the education because for them it's more about leadership, it's about vendor engagement, it's about you know relationships with various partners, and so the exhibit hall is packed at hymns and and, and you know the sessions are are, are much harder, uh, you know they, they many of them don't get traction if they're not extremely popular. Yeah, and I think that's it kind of it brings up the. Uh, an interesting discussion point, like how how do you get the most out of conferences, right? I mean, you and I go to them, go to a lot of them, and you just described one thing where you know sometimes you have to kind of uh, understand the culture of the conference first in order to get the most out of it. Like when you're there, don't just don't just sort of look at the agenda and and do those things. Actually, look around you, like open your eyes and just kind of go, okay, are everyone is everyone just sort of heads down and just running between <laughs> sessions and they're not really engaging and is the you know the exhibit hall is it you know, is it mostly empty? Like, notice these things and you'll quickly get the idea of, oh, okay, like this is the conference it really is about education. So I better be, you know, prepared in terms of, you know, which sessions I want to go to. And then, you know, hopefully I sit next to somebody and I can have a conversation with them afterwards. Or, you know, is it a conference where, you know, it's a bit more engaging, right? You can see huddles of people clumping together in the foyer and talking, right? And to me, that's really how you get the most out of the conference. You have to go the first time and really be observant and then just sort of adjust your own behavior to get the most out of the conference. Like, you know, again, if it's more about connections, then obviously focus on that. Don't waste your time going to every single session if really the majority of people are hanging around outside, right? How do you do that? Because, I mean, I found in many conferences – uh, let's be honest there's kind of clicks or the, you know and maybe many many times it's not necessarily a click it's more just people who have known each other for years sometimes decades and so they're hanging out with each other right and how do you breach that kind of inner sanctum if you will of of, of clicks or, or of people who know each other at a conference I, I mean I think it's a challenge I mean the best advice I've heard is just be brave but any thoughts on how to because at a lot of conferences you go and if you're a new person how do you embed yourself into the culture of people who have attended for years yeah that's a that's a great question and it, it is not easy um, you know even for people who go to a lot of conferences it's never easy to break in with a new group uh, you know, especially one of the ways depending I, on the group, right? <laughs> on the group, yeah. No. I, so, a couple things I would say is one, if there is a uh, first-time attendee, uh, new attendee type of session, I would definitely take advantage of that. Definitely go and find that session and go because everyone else there will also be new, and and they're in the same boat you are. So you're starting at the same page as them, and there's no sort of clique yet, right? That that they're that they are you're creating your own click yeah, exactly. these, right i mean which is exactly. not a bad thing <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you know on a secret john i've gone to a couple of those first time even though it wasn't my first time like because because i you know i know, <laughs> I know but you know you know i went there the first time and i i met a few people but then you know i, I finally got the i finally got what the conference was about and then the next year i went again because i wanted to meet more people and uh, anyway, that, that's one great way. The other great way is just to walk up to somebody and and maybe not sort of insert yourself into the discussion, but just sort of ask politely, just let them know, hey, listen, I'm still kind of new to this conference. Do you have any recommendations of like what I should go, which, which sessions should I avoid, you know, how does this work? And usually people are in healthcare really friendly. I mean, everyone in healthcare I've ever met is always very friendly and helpful and they'll give you some pointers and, you know, you might make two new friends or they might take you under their wing and go, hey, come with us and, you know, we'll go to lunch and, you know, that happens all the time. So you just have to work up enough courage to ask that question of, hey, do you have a recommendation? Yeah, I, 
I love the concept of wingman. If you can find a wingman at a conference that kind of knows it, uh, you know, it, it's such a powerful idea. Uh, you know, it, of course, it's finding the right person that can connect to you. But, uh, you know, it, it, that is a powerful idea. I, I love the idea of being vulnerable, too, and just admitting, like, hey, I'm new. Can you help me out? And I think people's general nature, with a few exceptions and a few jerks, I guess, <laughs> but most people – want to help you and we'll, we'll try to facilitate and help you be successful. Yeah. And you know, one other thing that I would uh, recommend to people to get the most out of a conference, and I, this also takes a little bit of bravery, is if you in the first five minutes of a session, you're not happy with it or you're, it's like, wow, this is really not for me or like I'm, I, I already know this already. Don't be afraid to leave yeah. and go to another one, right? <laughs> like it, you're the customer, right? Uh, you know, I know people say, oh, I feel bad for the presenter and everything, but What's worse, you sitting there checking your email uh, and not listening to them, or you getting up for like a few seconds and then leave, you know, walking out the door and closing it quietly. I, I really would encourage people to go to leave this session if it's really got nothing of value for you and go to another one. Yeah, I think that's great advice. The other one is to disconnect from from work as much as possible. I mean, in this connected society, so many people think you need to be connected. And it turns out for most people, if you just say, I'm busy, <laughs> you can, and you can avoid it. Guess what? In two days, all of those problems will still be there and you can still fix them. Yeah, I mean, sure, you can browse on your phone and occasionally make sure there's no specific fires. But, you know, as much as possible, delegate it to other people to put out the fire so you can focus. Otherwise, when your brain is going back to work and back to the conference, it's hard to really get a lot out of the conference. That's so true. <laughs> hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. Today's episode is sponsored by Exhibitus. They are a fantastic group of people who can help you bring your booth, display, and exhibit visions to life. Being successful at a trade show means more than having an eye-catching booth. The layout, the content, the logistics, all of that needs careful planning and consideration. The team at Exhibitus will guide you through all of that, and in the end, you and your visitors will have a very productive trade show. Take some time to browse their extensive portfolio at www.exhibitus.com. That's E-X-H-I-B-I-T-U-S.com. Yeah, they're so great people. I love talking to Exhibitus because you realize, oh, there is a lot more science to this than just art. You know, it's great. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more to it than just a pretty looking booth. A lot of planning goes into it. And, you know, the, the folks like Exhibitus just do a great job at it. Yeah. And, Deb, you know, some exhibits you want engagement, some you don't. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. You, you realize Exactly. So that brings us to another topic, John, um, you know, a topic that you and I uh, obviously utilize a lot, but uh, so that's social media at conferences. You know, is it useful? Is it sort of a waste of time? Uh, I think obviously I'm biased here. Uh, I love it using social media at conferences. The most useful part of it is uh, one, to engage others and to find others who are on the similar wavelength to you. It's always surprising to me when I tweet out uh, or read tweets from people and go, yeah, you know what, I, I agree with this person who's commenting on somebody who's presenting. Uh, and so you're able to find kindred spirits uh, through social media that you can then say, hey, let's go meet at the next break, at the water, at the coffee, uh, you know, and that's a really great way to, to meet people who have similar uh, similar thoughts to yourself. What about you? Yeah, well, I mean, it, 
it goes back to our, our previous uh, comments about how do you break down the barriers and get the most out of the conference. And the simple answer for me of getting the most out of conferences is social media. And that's true for almost all conferences because social media can help you to engage someone who you might not have gauged otherwise and it facilitates the the offline connection. So if I'm engaged online in social media on the conference hashtag with someone, it makes it easy for me to either walk up to that person or, like you said, schedule a time to meet at the coffee or whatever to be able to connect with them. And then once I've connected with a couple, they connect me with a couple more. And now you start to have an amazingly different conference experience. And what's interesting for me is that a conference without social media and, and I've been to somewhere that like I'm literally the only social media person at the conference is really dissatisfying. One, because I don't have the connection that I just talked about. Two, because I like to learn from multiple sessions at the same time. Maybe that's my ADD brain coming in, in line or or my, my younger generation. I, I want that the intake. It makes it so exciting and interesting to learn. But what's interesting is even in a conference where there's a small social media presence, there's a lot of value. In fact, in many cases, there's more value in participating on social media at a small conference where there's not a lot of activity versus the HIMSS conference where no one will see what you're tweeting. So <laughs> even for a small conference where you're the one tweeting and maybe there's two other people, you know, this time I think now there's usually two to three people. Uh, you know, that's kind of been the minimum I've found. You're going to connect with those two to three in a really unique way, and the conference organizers are going to see it, and they're going to love you, and so you'll get benefits from the conference organizers as well. So I think that's one of the powers of social media, even at a small conference. No, I, I totally agree. I, what I like a lot about social media is just being able to read the different perspectives on the same presentation. Like I may be in the room and then there may be a couple other people in the room, all of us posting on social media. And it's just incredible to see the different perspectives and different takes on what the presenter has just said. Uh, you know, cause I have a certain view and my experiences, you know, paint my, uh, things in one way, but just to see it from another perspective really helps to uh, ingrain, I guess, the knowledge that the presenter, presenter is really trying to uh, extend to the audience. I agree. And often if I've heard something, I maybe didn't process it the same way, but once I've heard it and then I read it, it creates like this double learning experience. And I'm sure there's some, some educators out there that understand those principles better than I, but you remember that thing once you've heard it and seen it and then retweeted it, right? Engaged with it. Now you, you, yeah, you definitely have a better learning experience. I guess one interesting challenge I'd be interested in your thoughts is, is social media a distraction during events uh, or how, how do you process that? I mean, for me, when I'm networking, I'm not doing social media much at all, right? So if I'm engaging in like that, I'm not on social media other than maybe a selfie, which I think there's a, a certain uh, economy of selfies that's been created on social media <laughs> that, you know, if you do a selfie with someone, it's, it's a way of giving back to them in a small way. Um, but you know, outside, but in sessions, I'll, I'll live tweet. But you know, how do you manage it as a distraction, or do you just see, oh, it's just kind of integrated in who you are, or what's your take on that? Uh, it's it's pretty interesting. In keynotes that are really engaging, I do find social media distracting. I'll turn it off yeah. if the if the speaker is particularly engaging. And you and I have been to a few of them, you know, at MGMA, at Hims, and others, where it's just you know, it's you know, you put down the phone and you just sit in awe of the speaker for an hour. 
so that happens. And, I, and then that's in those kind of my point, though, right? Like sometimes I, I hear a keynote and I'm like, I just want to enjoy this one. Yeah, and, 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 that, <laughs> and so sometimes it can be a distraction. Um, also, I find it distracting when you get too many tweets of a type that offer no value, hmm. right? Where it's just like, oh, something is starting, and you like just 20 of them, right? Like, okay, I don't really need to know that this is starting. I want to know the content of it. So in that sense, sometimes social media can be very distracting, but you know, over time, you just learn how to filter those out. Uh, I find it most of the time it's very useful, and like you, I do not tend to use it while I'm talking to people face to face. You know, I don't yeah, interrupt I don't interrupt the networking to just go, hey, by the way, I need to tweet something. Like it's more like a selfie that we would do or something like that. Yeah. Every once in a while someone will say something amazing. I'm like, sorry, I gotta tweet it. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> well and actually that that brings up a, a an interesting thought I wanted to ask you, John. Like you go to a lot of conferences. We both have very different interests. What are the conferences that you uh, have found to be the most useful? Which ones do you enjoy the most or look forward to the most? Yeah, and if we broaden that even more, like to the question, like, because we get asked, at least I do all the time, which conferences should I attend? And so it's like my own personal preference may be different than yours because your goals are different than mine, right? Right. right. Uh, but, you know, if I were to do my top conferences, I mean, yeah, obviously, I guess you and I should set aside Expo.Health and uh, and the HITMIC conference, uh, which we organize, right? So HITMIC is the healthcare marketing conference, which is incredible because of the community. And then Expo.Health is our health IT conference. So anyway, I'll set those aside because we're totally 100% biased. <laughs> but outside of those, I mean, HIMSS is the one that everyone goes to. When we did our survey of HITMIC people, you know, everyone went to HIMSS because they had to. At least that's what they felt like. Uh, and for for me, it's it's great to connect with people. I've found the sessions to be not nearly as good. I just don't even attend most of them now. Uh, but the if you want a who's who of health IT, you go to Hims and you can connect with those people, assuming you can find them in the sea of forty five thousand, right? So I mean that's another reason social media is powerful. You can create those connections. Um, Outside of that, I think Chime does an incredible job bringing together CIOs. Uh, you know, they put together some great events. Uh, some of their their speaking has gone off a little bit as of, as of late, and it's lost a little bit of uh, some of what it had, you know, some years ago. But still, a great venue and with great people uh, to do it. Uh, I think MGMA is the other one that's really enjoyable with the practice managers people like that. I love the AHIMA conference if you want to get into the HIM space. Uh, it is a little bit of a, uh, I guess it's an old girls club or old women's club instead of boys, but um, there is a culture there that you have to kind of break into. But once you do, the people are so amazing. They, they care about healthcare. They care about what they're doing with, uh, with the records and health records and HIPAA and billing and all those things. Uh, they're just a really great group of people. So th those are a few that come kind of top of mind. Yeah, I mean, I, no doubt Hims is sort of the Super Bowl of conferences in the health IT world, and its value is different for different people. I love just seeing what's different and new on the trade show floor. I, I like exploring the, the far corners, right, to see what the small companies are up to. And then, of course, just seeing people I haven't seen in a year that I yep. communicate and connect with online is just incredible. It's, it is pretty much like a reunion every year, and it, it, is, it is only because of social media, right? That, that's yeah. the case. So I love HIMSS. Uh, it, it's a great conference, but it is 45,000 people, so it's really, really big. 
Uh, MGMA is another one I do enjoy that. I look forward to that every year on the calendar. It's a great show and, and it just gives a very different perspective than HIMSS. It's funny because it's almost the same vendors in the same exhibit hall, uh, but it's a very different feel because you're focused more on the practice management side and the practices as opposed to the acute care hospitals. Uh, and yeah. and so it just feels more Tim's, but you're a little less chaotic, so you can actually have a conversation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And they're much more down to earth because they're they don't have quite the same, you know, huge challenges. They definitely have challenges, but they're they seem to be much more pragmatic about it. They're more like, hey, I can I know I can get this stuff done. Just point me in the right direction. Hmm. And uh, they're a really good mix of with the sessions being really good and the uh, trade show floor and the exhibit hall being really good as well. well it's interesting how some of them have evolved, right? Hims is starting to be taken over by Amazon and Google's, uh, whereas I, that hasn't happened at MGMA yet, which I'm sure MJ would love. But <laughs> you know, it's interesting to see that shift as well. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting if other conferences do it. Um, yeah. yeah, so MGMA is on my list. Another one I would say is, is probably the Barrel Institute Conference, the patient experience conference that they run. Uh, I like it because it is totally different than most of the conferences that um, I have the chance to go to, and that's because it's really focused around the patient. They have some really great patient speakers. Uh, everyone there who goes is really into the patient experience and improving it. So, you know, it's a lot of fun, and the conversations you have are just so very different than your typical health IT style conference where it's all about, you know, you're talking about the latest challenge or the government regulations. Here you're talking about how can we make something better for mom and dad, right? Right, IT is an enabler, but it's not the <laughs> solution. Yeah. yeah, so that's definitely one I look forward to. And then there's others like ShushMed and, you know, it's a lot of fun with the marketing people. And, and you yes. know, I've, I've been to a AMIA, the, the one for uh, informatics. informatics. Yeah, I, you know, I I think I barely understood one out of every 10 words there, but I loved it. So it's you're only 10% not... nerd. You have to be more like 50 to enjoy EMEA. Is that what you just said? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I, I just don't think I have the IQ to go to EMEA. That's really what I'm saying. Uh, no, but it's, it is a fantastic conference. And if you're in informatics, you definitely have to go to that one. Uh, people are incredible. They're so nice, but. Yeah, RSNA is similar, right? If you love radiology, it's it's incredible. But you know, if you're not, it's a little bit of a challenge, right? It's such a unique cult. You you go up to someone. Normally, I'd say at a conference, oh, so what do you do? But at RSNA, it's you can't ask that question because they're all like, I'm a radiologist, <laughs> <laughs> which is good if that's what you're looking for, I guess. That's uh, right, and you just better love Chicago. You know, that's that's one of the other requirements to go. That's the reason you don't want to go. But uh, yeah, the other ones I love is the user conferences. I mean, I, I try to go to as many user conferences as I can. Uh, there's just some feel with a user conference that's so practical and so raw. And it's the people actually doing this stuff that, you know, are really trying to get answers to their problems that just makes user conferences great. Uh, there's a, a few that I haven't been to that I want to, uh, but, you know, everyone that I go to, it's just such an enjoyable experience. Sometimes it is a, a little awkward when you're not a user, but for the most part, it's great. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you there, John. And, and hey, that brings us to the end of this episode. So thank you to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. Find more details about our show and check out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com or on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hahn with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lynn. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.